All right, praise the Lord. Good morning. Turn, if you would, in your Bibles to John chapter 18, verse 28. John chapter 18, verse 28. Title of my message is Truth on Trial. Truth on Trial. It says, then, this is Jesus before Pilate, by the way. It says, they, then they brought Jesus from Caiaphas into the praetorium, and it was early. And they themselves did not enter the praetorium so that they would not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. Therefore, Pilate came out to them and said, what accusation are you bringing against this man? They answered and said to him, If this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. So Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews said to him, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. This happened so that the word of Jesus, which he said indicating what kind of death he was going to die, would be fulfilled. Therefore Pilate entered the praetorium again. He summoned Jesus and said to him, You are the king of the Jews? Jesus answered and said, Are you saying this on your own, or did other people tell you about me? Don't you love Jesus' answers? <laughs> are you saying this yourself, or did somebody tell you I was the king of the Jews? Pilate answered, I am not a... I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, listen to this, my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. Now listen to this. For this purpose I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And after saying this, he came out and again said out to the Jews and said to them, I find no grounds at all for your charges in this case. However, you have a custom that I realize one prisoner for you at the, that I release one prisoner for you at the Passover. Therefore, do you wish that I release for you the king of the Jews? So they shouted again saying, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a rebel. So they refused to have Jesus released, even though he was completely innocent. But Jesus is telling them that he was born to testify to the truth, and anybody that is of the truth will hear his voice. And so, my title is Truth on Trial. Now one thing you have to understand about man's courts you know, how many know that Rome had laws that were made by legislators? They had laws that were enforced. They had laws that they had to enforce. And how many know every one of those laws incriminated somebody because they were standing on truth that that person should die? Let me know that. Now here's an innocent man did nothing but help people, did nothing but heal people, did nothing but speak of his Father in heaven, and he was condemned to die because truth was considered a lie. Truth was put on trial, and the courts of this world convicted the truth. In fact, not only does it say that he was there to bear witness of the truth, but the Bible says, all through the Bible it says we, we serve the God of truth. It also says in John 1 
and the Word became flesh, which was Jesus, and dwelt among us, we saw His glory, glory as the one and only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. He was full of truth. He bore witness to the truth. People that know Him and are of Him and of the truth know His voice. In fact, He says that He is truth itself. It says in John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the only way. I am the truth. He's the only truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is very clear that he is the truth, but the truth was on trial and the truth was condemned to die by the courts of man. The Holy Spirit, in the book of John, there are approximately 222 verses in the Bible that contain the word truth. 10% of them are found in the Gospel of John. John, all through the Bible, defines what truth is, and what you end up seeing is uh, Pilate has this man in front of him who's condemned to die uh, by charges that were lies and blasphemies against him. And he's standing in front of Pilate, and Pilate asks the question, what is truth? Pilate didn't know the truth because Pilate thought he made the truth. Pilate thought he defined what truth was. Pilate thought that he was the purveyor of truth, that man's philosophies and man's wisdom was truth, and standing in front of him was the personification of truth in the flesh of a man. He stood eye to eye with truth that came from heaven. There's never been a more pure form of truth that's ever been on the face of the earth. He was eye to eye with Pilate, and Pilate said, What is truth? This just shows you the idiocy of of our government, the idiocy of philosophy, the idiocy of man's uh, philosophies and wisdom and knowledge that wisdom can stand right in front of you and truth can stand in front of you and you can say, what is truth? He's looking him in the eye. Truth, and he doesn't even recognize it. Pure, unadulterated, untouched by the world. Truth. You know why Pontius Pilate could not see truth in Jesus? Because he probably believed the scientists of his day. Well, that's not science. Because science are the superheroes in every movie, right? Aren't the scientists the hero in every movie we watch? You go watch the movies and you tell me who the heroes are in every movie. It's some scientist that's in a lab trying to create a healing for the nations. It's a scientist that has some kind of statistic and he thinks he's the truth. It's a scientist that says there is no God, a baby can be killed. All of these different fact checks that you see on your social media. It's scientists, it's politics, it's philosophy, and truth is staring this world in the eye and they're saying he's a lie. And he's not a lie. So what is truth? You tell me what is truth. Let me give you a definition of truth if you won't accept Jesus as truth. Make it very simple. It's defined as that which is fact or reality. Genuineness, veracity, actuality. Theologically, truth is consistent in the mind, will, character, glory, and being of God. Truth is a self-disclosure of God himself. It is what it is because God declares it so, made it so. All truth must be defined in terms of God whose very nature is truth. Well, what if I don't believe in God? You don't have truth. God is the absolute source of truth. And some of you in this building have been following science for too long. You need to crush that idol and begin to follow the real truth. You say, well, Chad, they've proven everything in a lab. You really think everything has empirically been proven in a lab? Do you really believe that science doesn't change your opinion on things based on the way they manipulate statistics, the way they manipulate experiments? And you say, well, Chad, there's no proof of science and you're taking us down the wrong direction. Maybe you need to get your head out of the sand for a little bit. Scientists are not your savior. 
Doctors aren't your savior. Hospitals aren't your savior. I'm so sick in my stomach of the truth of science. I'm about to puke right now. I'm fed up with it. Don't come up to me and tell me about science. Tell me about Jesus Christ, who's the real truth. Get your head on the science books and get your head in the Bible. Some of you, if the Bible says the truth is what's in this science book, and the Bible says that's not the truth, you'd say, well, science, what is truth? What is truth? But the science books, they've proven everything they've had to say. I just seen the other day. The science book said this, and the science book said that. Well, God is the purveyor of truth. God is absolute truth. He doesn't change yesterday. He doesn't change today. He doesn't change forever. God is the truth, and science is a lie. If you can prove something with your eyes and you can see it, and it's empirical, it's truth. That's real science. But what have we proven with science? Science are manipulators. They're liars. They're liars. Can I say it out loud? They're liars. Church, they've been lying for too long and we don't stand up because they use so many fanciful words. They make us believe it's the truth when it's not the truth because it's anti-God. It's anti-Bible. It's anti-truth. They're staring Jesus in the eye and they're condemning truth and putting truth on trial. And church, we're going to be lost in these last days if we don't start calling scientists what they are. They are liars. They have been liars from the beginning. Well, they tell us some truths. Yeah, pull out the few truths they tell you because rat poison has really nutritional nuggets inside of it. And it just has a little bit of poison. Science has nuggets that are truthful. But you know and I know their hearts are wicked. Their hearts are against God. Their hearts are lying, blasphemous against God. Please get it in your mind. You're not going to survive the last days if you keep believing a Facebook fact check. You keep believing social media fact checks. You keep watching Fox News, MSNBC, CNN. Now, I've been preaching against Fox News for quite a while, and some of you guys are starting to understand what I'm talking about. Liars. All liars, YouTube that broadcasts this video are liars. It's the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Facebook are liars. It's the truth. You guys know it, right? So let's go on. Reality is what we're talking about. What if the reality is there's a God in heaven that will keep every man accountable for their sins? What if that's the truth, but what if fact check says, well, we don't believe that there's a real heaven. We don't believe there's a real hell. We don't believe that when God says it's sin, it's sin because some are born that way and some are born this way. And you can get away with doing this. You can live with somebody. You can have an adulterous affair. You can have a homosexual relationship. And well, it's just science proves that this is true. Let my scientist voice. It almost sounds like I'm a spineless person when I talk like that because that's what I'm imitating. A spineless person. The truth requires a spine, church. Oh, but I'm afraid I'll offend my family. I'm afraid my family won't talk to me. Well, what if your family goes to eternity forever without Christ? If that doesn't hurt you, then you're not a sympathetic person because the reality is there is a real hell. Let me say it loud. There's a real hell. There's a real heaven. There's real sin. There's a real Savior. Get your head out of the science books and get them into the Word of God. Reality is is we're not going to be on this earth much longer. We're shutting our doors because there's a coronavirus and this whole neighborhood is lost and going to hell. The world around us is in darkness. The world around us doesn't know where to turn. The world around us is in despair, hopelessness. They're without God. Any moment they could fall into the pit of hell without God for eternity. And we're scared of a stupid little paper Goliath. I'm not scared. Chad, are you saying it's non-existent? No, I'm saying it's been made into a giant that you don't think you can defeat. And I'm telling you, i got a 99.9999% chance of defeating it, and that's even without the Spirit of God upon me. 
You hear that? I've got a 99.99% chance of beating the virus, and that's before God was on my behalf. That's the stats, okay? And we're scared to death. We're scared to death. If you were a missionary, and you were about to take a group of missionaries into a foreign country, yeah, my mouth is so dry, thank you. If you had a group of people on a mission trip, a young people regularly go on these mission trips, older people go on these mission trips, missionaries give their lives. Well, the science says there might be risk incurred by me by going on this mission trip. I may get malaria. I may be harmed by the people I preach to. Yes, science says that. But the truth says, I'm risking my life for the gospel because everybody that built the foundation of my faith risked their life for the gospel. Yes, I'm risking my life, but I consider it acceptable risk to preach the gospel to this world that I live in. I'm going to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Church, we've got to start growing a spine. If you don't have one, pray that God will grow one for you. Grow a spine. It'll make you stand up tall and stand up strong and not back down to the scientists. Okay, I formally said I am against the scientific community. Chad, are you against empirical science? No, empirical science says I see it and I believe it. They're asking me to believe something I don't see. Say, what do you mean? Well, when you're winning an election by a landslide... And suddenly, bags come from all over the country overnight, and the exact thing happens across the country that happens in California every election. My eyes are telling me one thing, but you're telling me something else. When the World Health Organization, I watch the news, and the World Health Organization says, don't wear masks and do not close your border. When a, an infection is coming from China to our shores, and I clearly heard him say it. How many heard him say that? How many heard the report? President Trump, do not close your border and do not wear a mask. How many heard that? Anybody hear that? Tell me people that heard that, because I heard it. I heard it on the news. Then they said, well, they never actually said that. We fact-checked it. And they didn't actually say, well, well when you're fact-checking that, were you, did you take into consideration that I sat and actually heard it? See, they're telling you things your eyes have already seen is wrong. There's no fraud. Yeah, there's in our political system, there's no fraud. Every one of them know every election there's a tremendous amount of fraud. This election, there's more fraud than there's ever been. Scientifically, we fact-checked that. And there actually wasn't any fraud. There actually weren't bags showing up. There actually wasn't. Millions of volts that overturned an election actually didn't happen. Oh, really? Well, was that a ghost that was sitting on my couch and watching the election? You say, well, man, you're being awful defensive of Donald Trump. No, I'm in defense of truth. Truth, and we all know that we have been lied to. So when it comes to truth, my first question is, where do you acquire your truth? How do you perceive what is true? You ever wanted to know just the truth? Tell me the truth. What's going on here? Tell me the truth. And you look around, and who's the first person you try to look for? A trustworthy person that wouldn't lie. You know, everybody else, you bypass, and you say, this person won't lie to me. So I'm going to ask them. So we start looking for truth in the world around us, and guess where we start looking? Trustworthy people that will tell us the truth. So we go to journalists and the media. In 1984, there were 50 independent media companies owned by the majority of media interests in the United States. By 2011, and it's worse now, by 2011, 90% of the media is controlled by six, count them, six companies. Six, did you hear that? 
Six companies own 90% of the media. Does that bother you? Did you happen to notice when your eyes tell you you're being lied to? How many have noticed you're being lied to on the media? It's very obvious. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. You are being lied to, and eight large conglomerates control everything that comes out of 90% of the news. And you say, well, man, I'm so lucky because I don't go to the news anymore. I don't trust them. I go to social media. And church, I, I wish I could laugh. I wish I could be so funny. And I wish I would, you know, had an ability here to relax. But I'm sick. I'm sick at my stomach. My stomach was turning watching the news. My stomach was turning reading the social media stuff. We know we're being lied to, church. Something bigger than an election is happening right now. Some of you haven't done this, but I have. I've read the Antifa manuals very thoroughly. You say, oh my goodness, what kind of pastor do we have? If you looked at my library books, you'd be shocked. I've read the Antifa manuals. I've read the communist manuals. I've read the socialist manuals. I've read all these manuals just to see what's the game plan. And now when I see it happen on TV, I know this step has been checked. This step has been checked. This step has been checked. How many know that there have been media organizations for six months saying that the president will appear to win by a landslide? And then votes are going to pop up all over the place and turn the election over. How many know those stories have been out for six months now? Now, how would they know that? And you say, well, good, we're going to fight back. We'll physically be vigilant. There'll be a bloody civil war, this or that, but we'll win our rights back. How many know that part of this, these are things that we do in other countries to overturn governments. They're doing it here. The CIA does this in other countries, these same Steps. I'm telling you, I've read the manuals. I'm sorry. You can't fool me. They actually try to overthrow governments with what they're doing right now. We're going to have to be prayerful and we're going to have to look for the truth from the Holy Spirit to deal with the time that we're in because right now they're trying to bait the other side into a civil war. Church, we need to know this. You you cannot right now. I'm I'm just telling you this. You can't. Listen to Fox. I'm really recommending as a pastor, don't listen to that garbage anymore. In fact, I think I told my wife about a week ago, you're going to start seeing the opinion people on Fox quit. And last night, how many know Judge Janine, I think is her name, she was supposed to do a show It was all about election fraud, and they told her not to do it, and she walked off. Not the same company. Not the same organization. You, I may have noticed that. I'm telling you, you don't, you can't be listening to MSNBC. You can't be listening to CNN. You need to wean yourself of all this mass media because eight companies own 90% of what's being spoken. They are lies. If you want truth, you gotta stay away from those companies. And I'm just telling you the truth. I have nothing to gain by this. So man, let's go to social media. The total number of Facebook users is 2.4 billion with a B around the entire world. The only one that comes close is uh, China. China has 2.1 or 1.1 billion users with their 10 cent corporation. Do you guys have any idea how much influence and control over the minds social media has right now? There's the old saying, and I wish I could laugh about it, but I can't. It's true because I read it on the internet. Church, I've personally seen fact checks because I read a lot of books. I've personally seen fact checks that were completely false. How many have seen this? I'm telling you right now, please, you're going to fall into this trap. Stay away from Facebook. Stay away from YouTube. Stay away from these organizations. Do not let them influence your mind. You say, well, good. I'm not going to be influenced by social media. I'm not going to be influenced by the media, but I still got Google. The machine of truth. The machine of righteousness. 
the machine of every bit of wisdom and knowledge that uh, is conglomerated on the face of the earth. And the truth is, some of you, your truth has been based on Google for a long time. In fact, Google controls 90% of global, not United States, global searches, 90% in the whole world. You starting to see the picture here? How many companies do search engines? Well, Google's 90% and then there's the other ones, right? How many social media sites? Well, Facebook has 2.1 billion. Twitter has a lot. I didn't look it up. So among three or four is almost every bit of influence, right? So I'm looking at about four people online, four companies, and eight companies in the media. And they're influencing our truth. Wouldn't it be awesome if uh, the Bible was where everybody searched for truth and not a search engine? Like you could go and say, hey, is uh, living with my partner and fornicating, is that okay? I imagine if I put that in Google, you can try it later, you'd probably say, oh yeah, yeah, it's a modern thing to do. Well, God doesn't change. If it was wrong yesterday, it's wrong today, and it'll be wrong forever. And I punch that into my Bible search engine, and it would say, no, God God doesn't like that. God doesn't approve of it. And God says He won't inherit the kingdom of heaven with that lifestyle. Was it okay to live in a same-sex relationship and fornicate? The search engine says, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, nothing wrong with that. And so what they've done is they've defined the truth, and it's different than how the truth defined it. You know, there's a person whose name is the truth. And he defines it differently, and by believing in alternative reality, you take yourself out of the reality of, I'm going to have to pay for my sins one day. I'm going to have to stand before God and say, I did it because my truth was different than your truth. Well, who's right? If I'm standing for God to be judged, is my truth going to be right or is God's truth going to be right? Abraham Lincoln used to fight people that said uh, morality is relative. And uh, they would ask him, they would say, well, what's true, my truth or your truth? And he would always ask the question. He'd say, if you had a dog, I think he used, used sheep as an example. If you had a sheep and he had four legs, but I told you that that tail is to be considered another leg. How many legs would the dog have? And they would always say five. And he'd always say, no, four, because it's not a leg. You say, well, that's simple. But it doesn't matter what you believe if it's not reality. And the reality is God is absolutely sovereign God created every one of us. God created the world. And God and only God defines truth, not men. You say, well, man, we put everybody together on social media and we all agree. It still doesn't matter. It's like that fifth leg the sheep had. It doesn't matter what you call it. It's still not a leg. And so the world right now is binding together and saying, we're defining what the truth is with our fact checks. And God's saying it doesn't make it any less a reality what my fact check says. And so church, we've got to be careful in the last days to figure out where is truth acquired and where do I perceive it. You've got to go to somebody who's trustworthy. The Word of God is that place. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God working through me is that person. And if I go to anybody but them, the Bible says, let every man be a liar and let God be true. Hallelujah. So what power does truth have? It turns out that truth has great power. You know, the Bible says, if you know the truth, Jesus said this, if you know the truth, it'll what? Freedom. You ever notice the ones who love truth, fight for truth, want to know the truth? 
Let me, let me ask you, is a person who wants truth somebody that blocks doors with tractors at a voting building, puts papers and cardboard on the walls, refuses to listen to judges' orders to let us see the ballots? Is that truth? Is that somebody that wants truth? Is that somebody that wants truth that says, move on, move on, nothing to see here, nothing to see here, let's just move on, get him out of the White House? Is that truth? Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. This is not truth. This is a travesty of the truth, and I'm not going to be quiet about it. I may preach every week about it. Because the truth is the truth. And and church, we need to stand up for the truth. You say, well, I stand up for Democrats. I stand up for Republicans. Quit standing up for Republicans and Democrats and stand up for the truth. The truth. You say, well, it doesn't matter. America's gone. It matters to me. It matters to me as long as I'm here. I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to fight for the truth. I'm going to live the truth. Proverbs 23, 23 says this. It says, when you find the truth, buy it and never sell it. Well, that turns out to be a big phrase. When you find the truth, buy it and never sell it. It's like buying a stock. Hey, I got this stock for a pretty good price. What stock did you get? Truth. Oh, wow. Well, truth becomes valuable like a stock. It starts rising in value and starts paying dividends. And Ren really is, our nation is prospering because of the truth. And things are growing, things are getting better because of the truth. But then somebody comes along and says, sell the truth. And you know, some people will sell the truth like Esau sold his birthright. And church, I'm telling you right now, pray for discernment because you're witnessing lots of people in high places in this country who are selling the truth. Selling the truth. And you say, Chad, that is harsh. It's the truth, church. It's the truth. We're being sold out. And I'm going to preach it. I'm sorry. But truth has the power to make you free. Make you free. So why would somebody want to lie? Take away my freedom. If the truth sets you free, what does a lie do? It must enslave because Jesus isn't lying. The truth sets you free then a lie must keep you bound. You know, one thing that was snuck under the radar in a lot of states was legalizing drugs. Because we've been told by the eight companies that own the media and the three or four companies that own social media and the 90% search engine of Google, we've been told that drugs are all right, they don't hurt a society. And you know what we did? We bought a lie. People in the pulpits aren't talking about smoking weed and it's wrong. It's wrong. It is wrong. Alcohol. You want to see my most most, um, complaints I'll get preaching? Let me talk about alcohol. I don't touch it. I don't have any use for it. I hate alcohol. You say, oh man, it's a wonderful thing. It's a blessing from the Bible. Maybe you need to get your Bible out and have a debate with me. Because I invited the whole church to come out and listen to me talk about alcohol. And guess how many people around the table uh, was able to deny what I was saying from the Bible? Not one person. So if you disagree with me on it, tell me where I'm wrong because I have a note file at home this thick full of alcohol in the Bible. I've studied it. Why? Because I came from a family that had lots of alcohol problems. I don't want it in my life. I want to know what the Bible says. But we believed a lie about recreational drugs and we legalized it in so many states. And you say, well, man, if that's the truth, then there should be freedom. But if it was a lie, if that was a lie, then there should be bondage in everybody that believed the lie. So which way do you think that went? You think there was a lie and people are bound, going to be bound with drugs? 
Or you think there was a truth that people were going to be free to use them? I think it was a lie, and I think there are going to be a lot of lives that are bound, and there's going to be a lot of people dead. Dead. You say, well, how do you know that? Because I have close family members that started drinking, started smoking weed, and it was so much freedom. And so much freedom. These church people, they have no idea about the freedom I have to smoke and drink. And, and oh boy, you know, now, now every once in a while I like to get, I like to do a little more than get high, you know. And, and uh, yeah, you say, well, man, you've probably grown up in church your whole life, Chad. No, I've actually sat through close family members with crack pipes, close family members with heroin addictions. I've seen people in my family die from drug addiction, die from suicide, die from murders. I've got an uncle that died. Some, we don't know what happened, but he was bludgeoned to death in Henderson here. Many years ago, unsolved murder. My brother will tell you, our uncle was killed in this town, bludgeoned to death. We don't know what it was over. Some, a lot of speculations what happened, but it was never solved. Church, can I tell you that lies have consequences? The truth will set you free. No consequences. What power does truth have? It has the power to separate. You know that God right now, here's another reality and a truth you won't find on Facebook, you won't find on the search engine, you won't find with the fact checks. But God is separating humanity between the wheat and the tares, the sheep and the goats. He's separating the godly and the ungodly. He's separating. You say, well, fact check that. Technically, you can't segregate according to godly and ungodly because we're all good in some way. I don't know what the fact check, but it would be something stupid like that. There's no evidence that God ever separated the godly and the ungodly. There's no evidence that there's a weed and a tear. But here's the truth. God is separating those who will live in eternity with Him and those who will perish forever. Clearly, all through the Bible, He's separated. You say, well, wait a minute. I'm staring in the eyes of the truth, Jesus Christ. But what is truth? The Bible says, Jesus is praying in John 17, 17. He says, sanctify them through the truth. You know what sanctify means? Separate them. Set them aside. There'll be the ones that love the truth and the ones who don't love the truth. You say, well, I like the truth. Thessalonians said in the last days he will send a strong delusion. They will believe a lie. And he said, everyone perished except for those who loved Truth. That's First Thessalonians chapter two. Those who loved the truth would not perish. And you just say, "Well, I like it." Truth's pretty cool. Sometimes I follow it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I fact check it, and some of it's right, and some of it's not. But Jesus said, "The truth is what I'm using to separate those who will perish and those who won't perish." So why is the truth important? Why does the truth have power? Because the truth will set you free or the truth will lock you up. The second thing is the truth will separate you as righteous or it will condemn you as ungodly. The truth will. The Bible says that truth is a person. Walk around this earth and try to find a person that you're willing to say, That person is the truth. I wish we had one of those. I know there's a lot of people that think they're the truth. But I wish we had a person who we could just go to and say, there he is, the truth. But the Bible says that the person who is the truth, who embodies it, who's full of it, uh, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Why do you think they killed him? Uh, for blasphemy. Because either he is or he isn't, and they determined he wasn't. But he says, I am the truth. 
First John says that you can tell the spirit of Antichrist because they will reject Jesus. He said, this is how you can tell. If they reject that Jesus came, that is the spirit of Antichrist. And the reason why is Jesus is the truth. If you reject Jesus, like Pilate did, Pilate was looking right in his eyes. And he said, I'm here to witness the truth, and anybody who is of the truth will hear me. And he looks right in his eyes, the truth. And he says, what is truth? And see, that's what you're going to do today. You're going to look into his eyes and you're going to determine, you say, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to be neutral my whole life. Then when I die, I'm going to say, save me. See, that's not how it works. That's another fact check, another Bible fact check. The Bible says those who do not love the truth, which is Jesus, they will have a spirit of delusion in the last days. That means, that means a spirit of delusion is the lie will be so strong that if you're not firmly, I will not believe a lie, then you're going to flip on Fox and you're going to say, well, even Fox says it. Here, look at that. Even Fox, you know, credible truth tellers. You're going to say, man, CNN seems to be pretty convinced. You know, MSNBC seems to be pretty credible. You know, they're journalists, you know. Google doesn't lie. Facebook's so big it can't be wrong. These fact checkers are smart. And see, the delusion right now, you say, well, man, that's going to happen in Revelation, not now. The delusion right now, this is what he was telling the Thessalonian church, and it was one of the earliest uh, epistles that was written, like maybe, I think it was written in the late 50s. So about 20 years after Christ, he's telling, Paul is telling Thessalonians, a strong delusion. What delusion are we going to have, Paul? Well, how about the whole Roman Empire? They're not going to be telling the truth. They're going to try to define what truth is. They're going to try to say what truth is. But that's not the truth. The Word of God is the truth. So what are we looking at? We're looking at eight companies that own all of the media, 90%. Google, 90% of the searches. Social media, three companies. We've got about 15 individuals that control what we believe. And so you better believe this, and you better reject that. Or we're not going to make it in the last days. I'm just being a pastor and telling the truth. Reject these people that are um, recording me right now. Now, I'm glad they record my messages, and I'm glad they play them, but I can live without them. I could preach the gospel probably better without them. But I know people like to sit home and watch it, so we'll do it. But they're liars. Absolute liars. How many know that? How many have believe there's credibility right now? I don't believe it. Scripture is truth. Not only is it in a person, but that person is the Word, the Bible says. When you can begin to eat away at the Word of God... When you can sit in a classroom and the National Teachers Union, a bunch of liars, say, Chad, I'm tired of you saying this stuff. Prove me wrong. They've been brainwashing our kids in our universities and in our schools. It's a very corrupt union. And I'm telling you, if you don't quit following what they're teaching and get into the Word of God... You say, well, they pretty well teach the Word of God in the schools, right? See, you're a witness against yourself. You know they're not. You know this Word of God is being attacked. Its credibility is trying to be beaten up and eaten away. They're trying to turn kids into secular humanists. How many disagree? Go on, stand up if you disagree. Secular humanists control the education system. And it's about time the church starts calling it out. Calling it out. They're little schools of humanism. Why are they schools of humanism? Because 
there's recorded, documented writings from the people who built the system that were going to make them schools of humanism. That's why they are. It's not an accident. Wake up, church. The scripture is true. So what does the enemy try to do? From Genesis to Revelation, the enemy tries to beat the scriptures up and tries to get us to look in other places for the truth rather than the Word of God. Amen. I'm going to close with this. i got a lot of time. Maybe not. Isaiah 59. Listen to this. Very hopeful thing to read here. Therefore, he's talking about how backslidden the world has become. Therefore, justice is far from us. Righteousness does not reach us. We hope for light, but there is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope for the wall like people who are blind. Church, this is a society that has rejected truth. This is what Isaiah is painting a picture it looks like, but then a glorious thing happens after he says all this. And I want you to hear the glorious thing that happens. It says we're groping around like uh, those who don't have eyes. We stumble in the middle of the day as if it was twilight. Among those who are healthier, we are like the dead. We growl like bears. We moan sadly like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none for salvation, but it's far from us. For our wrongful acts have multiplied before you, Lord. Our sins have testified against us, Lord. Our wrongful acts are with us, and we know our wrongdoings. Offending and denying the Lord and turning away from our God. Speaking oppression and revolt. Conceiving and uttering lying words from the heart. Justice, now listen to this, justice. We're conceiving and uttering lying words. Okay, you understand that? We're conceiving... And then speaking lying words, right? From the heart. Justice is turned back. Righteousness is standing far away at a distance. Truth is stumbling in the street. Truth is stumbling in the street. I had a picture in my mind when I read this. The Holy Spirit just gave me a picture. Truth was standing trial, right? Before Pilate. He said, what is the truth? And he said, I'm here to testify of the truth and those who are of the truth know my voice. He said before Pilate, within a few hours, truth, which is Jesus Christ, would be stumbling in the streets. I mean, know that. Within a few hours, there'd be a cross on his back. He'd be bleeding to death. Uh, He would be pierced uh, with a sword at... Toward the end, he would be beaten on his back. Uh, his beard would have been ripped out. He would have been slapped. He would have been beaten. He would have been spat upon. Truth was stumbling in the street. Stumbling in the street. And right now, what do we see? The whole world is walking in lies and darkness. And we see this... Antichrist spirit, and we see truth struggling. Truth struggling to find a place. Truth struggling to be heard. If you tell the truth today, you know what's going to happen? You go try to tell the truth about morality. You go try to tell the truth about drugs. You go tell the truth about this election process. You go try to tell the truth about Jesus Christ, especially, and what's going to happen? Right now, it's struggling in the street, but listen to this. And uprightness cannot even enter. Let me feel that way. It's getting to be a day when uprightness can't even enter, right? Truth is lacking, and one who turns aside from evil will make himself a prey. So if you're one of the ones that turn away from evil, what are you going to be according to Isaiah? One who becomes the prey of the enemy. But all is not lost. Now the Lord saw this. 
What's the Lord doing right now? He sees you struggling in the street with truth. He sees uprightness not able to enter the conversation. He sees truth is lacking and it says, The Lord saw this and it was displeasing in His sight. There was no justice and He saw that there was no one. And He was amazed that there was nobody to intercede. Then His own arm brought salvation to Him. His righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness like a breastplate, a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, he will repay wrath to his adversaries, retribution to the enemies to the coastlands. He will deal with retribution. So they will fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. Where's that at? The east, China. For he will come like a rushing stream, which the wind of the Lord drives. A redeemer will come to Zion, those in Jacob. And Jacob will turn from their wrongdoing, declares the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with him, says the Lord. My spirit is upon you. My words which I put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring, says the Lord, from now and forever. He's going to put the word of the Lord in your mouth. His Spirit's going to be upon you. You will not fear a thing. God's seen the condition of the world, and He raised us up with a, with a armor. It's the same armor we see in Ephesians that Paul tells him to put on the armor of the Lord. Don't back down. Do not fear. You are a mighty David. And this is a paper-thin Goliath that stands against the armies of the Lord and shouts all of these curses, shouts all of these things that we should fear. And I'm telling you, the church has been equipped to beat the enemy. The Lord saw this. The Lord sees what they're doing. He sees what truth is going through. He sees what truth is lacking. He sees the lies. And God said that He raised up us up and our even He said our children's children, our children's children, and all through eternity, forever. He said, "I've raised you up, church. Don't fear." In fact, do you know that there are some people that have been trained for warfare? And they're actually disappointed when they can't fight for their country. Disappointed because every nation that insults their country... In fact, you you remember that boat that we've seen where those Iranians had embarrassed those U.S. troops on that boat and they had taken pictures of them and... You know, there were some special forces people that were looking at that type of thing where they were embarrassed or they were killed or they were beheaded. And they sit at night depressed because they can't fight for their fellow soldiers. They take it personally. In church, I hope we have a church that's the same way. Like we're not a church that's sitting and cowering and saying, Oh my goodness, I hope there's not a fight. I hope I don't have to stand up. I don't have, I hope I don't have to be counted. I hope they don't come to me. I hope I don't have to have a backbone. I don't have, I hope I don't have to have courage to stay away from me. That's not where God's called us, church. That's not why God saved us. That's not why God filled us with the Spirit because God saw the darkness of this earth, and He raised us up. And the Spirit of Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of David, and the Spirit of the armies of the Lord, we're going to rise up. Church, I've, I've been praying and fasting my heart out for this whole election period. And you say, man, it's so wonderful that we can stop that now. It's, it's over. I don't know, maybe in 1864... Maybe they stopped praying after Lincoln won re-election and Civil War was over. You know how much different the Reconstruction period would have been if Abraham Lincoln were still the president? You say, I don't study history. I have no idea what you're talking about. Study it. I'm just getting started in praying and fasting.
Why? Because I'm chomping at the bit to go after the enemy. I'm chomping at the bit to defy the enemy. I'm chomping at the bit for the the masses of the enemy to stand in front of me. What more noble way to physically die in this world than to die for the cause of Christ? I'm ready to pray. I'm ready to fast. I'm ready to go after the enemy. I'm ready to send the enemy to flight. I'm ready for Goliath to stand in front of me and say what he has to say about the armies of the Lord. Go ahead, Goliath. Insult me. Go ahead. Tell me I can't win. Tell me that the church is dead. Tell me that this country is dead. Tell me that the lies and the deceit are going to win the day. And church, I'm ready to fight. Don't cower, church. Don't cower. Let's get in that prayer room. Let's fast. Let's pray. Let's pray for. This is the hour. What do you want to pray for? Pray for a revelation of the enemy and what the enemy is doing. Pray for every uh, lie to be uh, brought out in the open. Pray for every deception to be brought out into the open. You say, well, are we praying for the Republicans or are they praying for the Democrats? You've already missed it. You've already missed it. We're praying for the truth. If I have a democratic brother that loves the truth, loves this country, loves the people of this country, you're with me. But if I have one that's buying into the lies and the deceits of the spirit of Antichrist, you, sir, are my enemy. Because I'm fighting. I'm fighting for the cause of truth. You say, well, man, you shouldn't say that as a Christian. Maybe you should read David's Psalms. I read the Bible. I'm sorry. Bible's not a sanitary book. It's a book of fighting battles against the enemy, strongholds in high places, principalities. You know, church, we're too nice. Because you don't know how to fight for a soul. When I see a man standing on a podium and it says fighting for the soul of America, and I know what his platform is, we're fighting against each other for the soul of America. Some of you look at that and say, well, he's fighting for the soul of America, morality. Until you see what platform he's standing on, and you realize he's fighting me for the soul of America. I'm fighting for the soul of America against that platform. You say, well, you can't say that. What's my personal opinion? I can say what I want. This church wouldn't endorse me. I'm too crazy, right? It's not the church saying, it's me, right? So if somebody says, well, he preached for Republican or Democrat, well, just fire me. It's that easy, all right? I don't care. How many of you care? I don't care. I'm fighting. I'm fighting for truth. All right? I can do it just as well in the church as I can do it out of the church. All right? Stand to your feet. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'll tell you what. I woke up this morning. I jumped out of bed because we have won. We have won. We are not defeated. And I'm going to tell you what. Where, where my life has been from 10 years old until now, Jesus has been with me at all times. He has never left me, never forsaken me. He has not left Donald Trump. He has not left him. He is there right beside him. He is, he gave him that backbone that Pastor Chad was talking about. He's got that backbone. And he's going to give all of us, don't give in. Don't retreat. But get on your knees like Pastor Chad said. Pray, 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 because that's what we got to do. We cannot give up. We cannot give in. We cannot lay down and say, take me. Praise the Lord. Church, uh, what we're trying to say is it's bigger than an election and bigger than those two men. Uh, There's things that everybody, I'm just asking you, the Bible says the spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. And I'm just asking you, when you watch your TV, do you feel sick? Is your peace disturbed? Um, That's a signal that the Holy Spirit's telling you something's not right here, something's out of whack. And so I just want you guys to respond to the Holy Spirit. I'm not telling you to follow a party. I'm not telling you to follow people. I'm telling you it's bigger than those two people. Uh, There's a, I mean, there's just a nefarious spirit. There's an evil 
spirit that's trying to... Evil is just permeating this. There's something... I can't even put my finger on it. But I just know that the Holy Spirit is making me feel sick over this. Yeah. You know, during World War II, there was two major forces that went against Germany. There was the French and there was there was England at the time. What happened to the French, they didn't have anybody that gave them the word of encouragement, that gave them the truth that we could fight and we can have victorious. Whereas on the other side of the English, there was a there was a spokesman called um, Winston Churchill, and he, and he rose his people up. He said, we will fight them in the air. We'll fight them in the sea. We'll fight them in the land. We will not surrender. It had nothing to do with parties or anything, but it had to do with what is truth and what is not truth. And church, one thing I want to really stress is do not take your marching orders from social media. You're just going to have to be careful how we fight here, okay? You take it from social media, I feel like in my spirit that we're intentionally being riled up. And it's a very evil purpose. They're trying to rile us up. And so we can't take our marching orders from social media. We can't take it from mainstream media. You say, well, man, what's left? Google? No, what's left is the Lord, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will give us our marching orders. We just need to pray. We need to fast. and say, well, man, I'm never done that before and I'm telling you right now all across this country there are people praying, fasting God has a plan my prayer is God's plan is to expose wickedness to expose corruption, to expose evil, I'm very happy with having a Democrat party and a Republican party, but I'm not happy with corruption I'm not happy with lies I'm not happy with uh, what's going on right now, so we just need to let the Holy Spirit lead us don't go off angry off upset, don't go off wanting to fight people, uh, fight fight demonic powers, demonic strongholds, uh, lies, deception, those are our enemies, not people with flesh and blood, the people are being influenced demonically, and so we've got to have our orders from the enemy, we've got to get in the presence of the Lord, we need to get in that prayer room, we need to just call out to God, God, help us. God, we need you. God, we repent. God, we want corruption rooted out of the country. Let's just begin to pray, church. You need prayer for anything? I'm up here. I'd love to pray for you. on the Lord and not on the news. We stay focused on the Lord and praying for our nation and not just going, how many feel like you're a pendulum when you're on the news? Social media, back and forth, back and forth, frustrated, agitated, upset. Church, I don't feel any of that when I'm in God's presence. Four to six o'clock, I'm here every day. Bob is here Tuesday and Thursday, 7 to probably 9. Find a place to get quiet. You say, well, man, I'm going to come in there. I'm going to pray for a few things, and then I'll get tired of it. That's not how it works. You get in God's presence. You worship Him. You love Him. And He begins to embrace you. And He begins to make Himself bigger than the world. Magnify God. God gets magnified. God gets so big sometimes in prayer that the world looks little. God's plans become so real that the world's plans seem like, uh, what does God say? I laugh at the plans of the world. I laugh at the kingdoms of the world. I laugh at the heathens who rage at me. And, and when you get in God's presence, you start to feel that. You start to feel like. 
God has empowered us and God has strengthened us. And you walk out of this building, and I'm just telling you this, I walk in Clark Kent, but I walk out Superman. You say, that's ridiculous. You've never got the fullness of the Holy Spirit on you. If you've ever had the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. I feel weak. I feel insecure. I feel full of anxiety. I feel full of worry. When Clark Kent walks in that prayer room, and suddenly I feel strength. I feel power. I feel God is sovereign. I feel like God is able. And see, this is what the enemy does. He lies and lies and lies. Presses you down and thinks you can't make a difference. And when you get in his presence, there's power. There's yes, I can. Hallelujah. Church, let's get in his presence. Let's just dig into his presence. Dig into his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord God. Lord, you have created us for this hour, Lord. Lord, you have said that we would shine like like the sun at the noonday, Lord God, in a dark place. Shine in the darkness, Lord God. We'd be a light that you would set on a hill, Lord God. Lord, we're ready for this hour, Lord God. We're not backing away. We're not backing up. We're not laying down, Lord God. We're not just watching, Lord. We're active, Lord God. We're equipped, Lord God. We've got the weapons of warfare, Lord God. Lord, your church is is ready, Lord, to be used in this hour. Bless them, Lord God. In your name I pray. Everybody said, 